Hey, here, here's the thought. How good would it be if we had weather like this every day of the year in Colorado and we could just meet like this all the time and just, just have this? Yeah. I, I don't, uh, for those who the last few years, it's been cloudy and the threat of rain was always there and people kept saying, oh, I wish it was the, the sun was out. Uh, I will be honest, this little cloud cover is a nice break from the sun coming out and maybe just God's favor. Hey, um, before I, I, I I'm going to teach real quick. I know we got a bunch of things that we want to do. Uh, but I want to take uh, a moment and just talk about the mercy, the grace of God in our lives and give opportunity for people to find that today. But I got a couple of quick commercials that I need to do, okay? Uh, first one simply is this. If you are uh, actually an attender of JFC, I know we have a lot of visitors here today. We welcome all of you. But this would be for people who actually attend our church. Um, I'm announcing it this weekend, next weekend, and then uh, coming up on the 8th, we're going to have a special meeting that I have to announce. And here's what it's about. We have an awesome opportunity uh, to purchase a piece of property uh, to do something really cool with it, and I will talk more about that at this meeting. But I need to announce it because I can't personally do any of these things. The church has to say yes to us doing these things. So I'll present the opportunity, but rather than go into details right now, I'll save it for the meeting, but I have to announce it a couple times. So please make a mental note if you're interested in knowing more about that. It would be on uh, Wednesday the 8th, and that'll be at the Highlands, or, I'm sorry, at the uh, Lone Tree Campus at 7 o'clock. And then let me do this. To pull off a day like today, can't believe the amount of hours that go into it. Uh, not only the people that work at the church, but all the volunteers. I mean, hundreds of volunteers. Just the, the baptismals, that, that everything that you see. So much goes into it. And I want to I wanna take a moment and thank all of our people who did this for us today, because they've really worked hard to pull this off, and I want to let them know it matters to us. And then I, I, I want to do this too, and um, I, just, just on the back of all the shirts, you'll see all of our sponsors. I want you to go and spend all of your money with all of our sponsors, okay? They've blessed us. They've helped us. It's only possible to do things like this when you have people who get behind it and, uh, and really... Um, really just understand what we're trying to do. And I just appreciate them so much. And then here's the last, last thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll do my part. Uh, when we're done here today, we've still got a barbecue. There's a bunch of things over there for kids, places to hang out, uh, different booths, a lot of different things. Um, want you to know, all the proceeds for today go to our youth mission trips that are coming up, okay? So please be aware of that. So like... All the hamburgers and the hot dogs, they're going to do it by donation. Can I just suggest this? Pay 10 bucks for a hamburger. It's better than Red Robin, trust me. And it goes to a cause that's far greater. Uh, our high school will be going to the Czech Republic, uh, Eastern Europe this year. And uh, our middle schoolers are doing an outreach uh, in Denver this year, in uh, the inner city of Denver. So all the proceeds will go to... Uh, support them. So uh, please be aware of that and everything that you do this afternoon then will help them be able to achieve uh, that goal right there. All right, I think enough of these things. Um, here, here's what we're going to do. We're in a series in our church. It's a short series. It's called Infused. Pastor Dan started it two weeks ago with a great message. I taught last week about being infused in the body. Here's the idea. The word infuse simply means, by definition, uh, it would read this way, to fill or cause to be filled with something. So I used uh, uh, an example. Uh, probably for most of us, we could relate to the idea of a tea bag. When you put a tea bag in hot water, the tea bag infuses the tea leaves into the water, and the hot water infuses into the tea bag, and both of them uh, experience the process of infusion. I also mentioned an idea. Anybody that's ever had a 
a, a transfusion or an iron infusion. If you ever had to go to the doctor, one of our kids uh, had low iron and had to go to the doctor and they, they, um, they infused the body with iron. It puts it into you. We just took the thought of infusion and we thought about um, how, does, how, how do we as believers infuse our community? How, how, uh, how do we infuse our church? How does God infuse us? What does God want from that? So today, I'm just going to quickly talk about being infused uh, with, with Jesus. And um, I, I'm going to tell a quick story, uh, use, use a, um, a parable, uh, and then a story that Jesus taught, uh, the parable of the sower. You remember the idea Jesus teaches that uh, the sower goes out and he sows some seed. The seed falls on good ground. It falls on bad ground. He talks about all the process of what happens in the seed. And then all of a sudden, this really strange, bizarre story takes place. It said that Jesus and the disciples get into a boat. They leave Galilee. They go to the opposite side of the lake to an area called uh, the Gezerines or the, the uh, gen generic, uh, depending on the translation. And it says as soon as Jesus gets out of the boat, a man full of demons runs up to greet him. Let me just ask you real quickly, how many of you know that is not the experience you want when you go on any trip or any vacation or any place whatsoever? You do not want to be greeted by a person full of demons. The Bible says Jesus gets out of the boat and immediately a man full of demons runs up to him and begins to yell at Jesus. And uh, here's what the Bible says the man looked like. It's from Luke's Gospel, chapter 8. It says, when Jesus stepped out onto the land... There met him a man from the city who had demons for a long time. Look at the three conditions of this guy's life. For a long time, he wore no clothes, so he was naked. He had not lived in a house. He had no home, but he had lived out amongst the tombs. And when you think tombs, don't think graveyard like we would have in the United States. Uh, think a long time ago, they used to carve out caves into the rock and they would lay the body inside the caves and then cover it with the rock. This guy's home, he lived where the dead lived at. He was naked, he had no home to go to, and the place he did call home was amongst dead things. And this is the guy, this is the greeting party, this is the chamber of commerce that steps up to meet Jesus when he goes to visit this particular town. Jesus' response to that is that immediately he began to do battle with the demonic. He's going to cast the demons out. And if you know the story, he cast them into a herd of swine. And uh, Incredible story there. Here's what I'd like to talk to you, though, about infusion today. This guy, I think he was a real guy. I think it's a real story. I believe it truly happened. But I think uh, for us, we could see a little bit of a metaphor here in that a lot of people spiritually probably find themselves in the three places this guy found himself. Uh, first of all, um, man, they're uncovered. They have no covering spiritually in their life. They're, 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 they're literally vulnerable. They're naked. There's, there's nothing that covers them in their life. And what Jesus offers us is not some religion or some list of rules or some church. What God wants for your life is that you are covered, that you, that you are protected, and that, that you're in a position where, where there, is, there is something over you and around you and under you that's holding you. And I don't remember if, uh, if, if you grew up uh, with any of the kids' fables, but I remember when, when I was a kid, I was told the story of the emperor's new clothes. Anybody ever remember that story right there? Here, here, here's how the story went. Uh, there was a king who was real arrogant uh, and really into himself, and he was into clothes. And um, one day, a charlatan, a thief, uh, a con man comes to town, and he tells the king, I've got this beautiful fabric. It's really lightweight silk. Uh, it's, it's so fancy. It's so incredible. Only royalty can wear it. But here's the most important thing. 
only the most noblest, only the most righteous people can even see it. And the truth was, he didn't have any cloth, but the king didn't want him to know that he couldn't see it because he didn't want the man to think that he wasn't noble or righteous. So he acted like, oh, that's the most beautiful clothes I've ever seen in my life. And so the guy pretended to make clothes, the king pretended to put it on, and then he went on a parade down the street wearing his invisible clothes. And it was only after some kid finally pointed at him and goes, why is the king naked? That everybody realized that not only is the king naked, but he, he's a fool to even act like he's got clothes on. Here, here's a thought for you. How many people, they, they go through life and they don't even know, man, that they are vulnerable and that they're exposed and that they act, they act like everything's okay. And the truth of the matter is, if it was really pointed out that without God, without his love, without his mercy, without his grace, we're all exposed. And God doesn't offer us some, some finger that points at us that says, hey, look at you, you're just exposed. Here's what God wants. He wants to clothe you with his mercy. And he wants to wrap you with his love. And he wants to make sure that you're taken care of with his grace. So we see this guy, he's naked. The next thing is he has no home, no place to call his own, no family, nothing meaningful in his life. I met people today, people who were being baptized today. Uh, one guy told me, Pastor, I, I've gone to Jubilee for six years. Uh, I've gone to all of your campuses, and I've never had a chance to actually sit and tell you what God's done in my life through this church. And this is what he said to me. I had no home till God brought me here. And I, have you ever... Do you know how unworthy I feel standing here looking at this right now and feeling like God's given something to me that I don't deserve? Have you ever felt like God's just done something for you you don't deserve? I just sit here right now and I look at this and I think to myself, how, look at the home that God has given to us. Look at the family that God has given to us. Look at the people around us. And I wonder how many people sit here right now and you feel all alone and you can't, you can't even see what God's doing around you and what he wants for you and what he has for you. He doesn't want you to leave here feeling like there's no place for you or that you don't fit in or that you're just kind of out there existing. Man, God, God has a home for you and a family for you. He has a place that you belong to. And sometimes we could, we could sit and just feel like I'm, I'm so isolated and nobody cares. Look around you. People care. You belong to something that's greater than just, just I, I don't have anything. You've got something so far superior, so wonderful. The last condition of this guy is that he lived amongst the tombs. And I wrote it down uh, in my notes like this. He lived a dead-end life. Forgive the pun. I thought it was good. You didn't. Okay. I, I, I'm easily amused, though. Okay? Easily amused. He, so he lived amongst the tombs, dead-end life. He really had no life to speak of. Here, here's the most important thing. The guy had no future. He had nothing. He didn't have anything that he owned, no place to go to, and he's living amongst the dead. I just want to say this. It's not to expose, and it is not to talk down to. I just want you to think about this for a moment. Do you feel... Are you tormented with the idea that God doesn't have anything for you in the future? I mean, do you feel like your life matters and do you feel like you're here for a purpose or do you feel like you're just existing? So I would say to you, man, what God has for you, the enemy, if there was ever an example of the enemy's purpose for a person's life and God's purpose for a person's life, this story of this man would represent it. The enemy, if he can get his hands on you, dude, he will strip you. He will drive you away and isolate you. 
And when it's all said and done, he will leave you with death. God's purpose for your life is to do the exactly opposite. It is to clothe and to cover you. It is to give you purpose. It is to give you meaning. It is to give you a family. And ultimately, it's to give you a future that's worth having. It's a powerful concept. This guy, he meets Jesus, and his life gets so infused with Jesus that it changes everything. So here, let, me, let me just do this quickly. Jesus casts the demon out of the guy, and, it's, and it's, here, here's what the Bible says. A thousand demons lived inside of this man. A thousand. I know people that have one or two. No, just kidding. This is, a thousand, this is a thousand air when it comes to the demonic. And here's what happens. Jesus casts the demonic out. He infuses this guy with his love and his grace. This guy meets God, and here's what happens. Luke 8.35 tells the story this way. The people went out to see what had happened to the man. And they came to Jesus, and they found the man in this condition, these three things. He was sitting at the feet of Jesus, he was clothed, and he was in his right mind. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed, and in his right mind. I'm telling you, it's the perfect example. When the enemy is in control of people, he will strip you, he will isolate you, and he will leave you with death. When God gets hold of your life, when you're infused with God, these three things happen. You will be covered, you will sit at the feet of Jesus, he will be over you. You will be, listen, listen, this is really good. You will be fully in your right mind and God will restore to you everything that's been stolen. Everything that's been stolen. <laughs> After this guy has this experience where his life has changed, li listen to this. Jesus and the disciples get back in the boat and they're going to go back to their town and so the man, this is verse 38 39, the man from whom the demons had gone begged Jesus that he might go with him. But Jesus told him, return to your house and declare to all of your friends and family how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. All of you who got baptized today, look at me real quick. Here's what you did. You stood up in front of everybody and are proclaiming that God has made all the difference in your life. I'm so proud of you for your decision. I'm so proud of you. Hey, let me do this too. I, 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 we, we, will, we, we will do this for you. If you are sitting there right now thinking, I wish I would have been baptized. I wish I would have signed up. I, 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 I want to make that stand. I, we will open these baptismal tanks as soon as we're done, and we will stay here as long as we need to for you to get baptized if you want to be baptized, okay? You can still do it. It's not too late. So let me just end with this right here. The difference between the enemy's purpose and God's purpose for our lives is just summed up this way. If the enemy has his way in your life, it will be isolation. He will leave you exposed, and you will be living amongst dead things. Dead end, no purpose, no life, no joy, nothing to look forward to. If God has his way in your life, you will have abundant life that changes everything, and God will put you in a community with people who want to do the same thing. So here's what I want to do. Look, look, before I pray with you, let, here, I'll just tell you where I'm going. I want to offer to anybody here the opportunity to find life that doesn't have it. If you find yourself living amongst dead things and you're like, Pastor, I see it and my eyes are open and I'm in my right mind and I want to be infused with Jesus, I want his life, then I want to give you a chance to find that. So pray with me right now. 
So, Father, we just open our hearts to you. We take the time right now to, to let you speak to us. God, I know that uh, in this stadium right now are many people who, who for years, Lord, they've been infused with your life. They found you. You covered them. <laughs> you restored them. And you gave them not just life eternal, but life that's worth having here and now. But at the same time, I know this is true, that there are people who are here right now who have never found the life of God. People right now who may be hearing it for the very first time. People who may be, um, maybe, look, while your eyes are closed, just think about this. Maybe you've been misled into what a relationship with God was like. Maybe you've been told that it's a list of rules and that God is harsh and that he's angry and that there's no joy in serving God. And maybe your eyes are opened up right now and you understand, here's what God wants for you. He wants to cover you. He wants to restore you. And he wants to give you life. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you go do anything. All I want to do is to give you an opportunity to respond, to facilitate. Whoever you are, wherever you are, I'm not asking you if you want to join our church. I'm not asking you if you want to be good. I'm not asking you if you want to reform. Here's what I'm asking. If you don't have God's life and you say, Pastor, I need that. I need his covering. I need his love, his grace, his mercy. I need his restoration. And I want the life that he offers and I wish you'd pray for me today. If that's you, slip your hand up right now. Just say, pray for me. Won't embarrass you. Yep, I see you. Slip it up just real quick. Just want to see who you are, where you are. I see you, see you, see you. Yep, 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 yep. You can put them back down. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you right now, but my words are not the words that God is listening to. It's the words from your heart that God turns his ear to right now. And if you're like, well, pastor, I don't know what to say. I'm going to help you because I'm going to lead a prayer. And here's what I'd like. Would everybody in here just repeat after me? so that we all just simply help these people make this commitment. So repeat after me, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, cover me, restore me, forgive me, and give me your life. I give myself to you. Thank you for loving me. I'm open to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, yeah. Hey, let's thank the Lord. That's exactly right. Pastor Dan is going to come here, and he's going to uh, uh, close this out. Let me say this, because I think probably we can help raise a little bit of money for our, um, our youth missions. There's a dunking tank, and all of the pastors are going to take an opportunity in the dunking tank. I'm up at 12.30. 15 minutes. If you've ever wanted to get me, here's your chance to do it, okay? See you there, Pastor Dan.